0: Amen, amen, amen. Come on, give God a hand clap, amen. Amen. Well, we're about to put six knots on the devil's head this morning. Amen, we have a treat for the house of God. Uh, we have Wilmari Hamilton, she's gonna be ministering the word. Vicky Basham. Rodney De Cameron. Good up for Rodney. Pastor Josh is in the house, Josh Geiselman. Ryan Hodges and Chris Ryan will be bringing the word this morning, amen. Amen. So let's just pray for them. Stretch your hands. God, we thank you that the word is going to be declared this morning with clarity and understanding that not even a fool can err from the way, God. We thank you for the anointing on their words. Let it not fall on shallow ground, but let every ear hear and heart receive what thus saith the Lord has to say to us this morning. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Come on, give it up the Lord
1: one more time. Praise the Lord and welcome to RTTN. I only have about eight minutes, so uh, as I was sitting there by, by my husband, the Lord began to speak to me, and he said that today I want to deliver an alcoholic. So the title of my message is called, I Am Redeemed in Christ Jesus. I Am Redeemed. And the word "redeem" means to buy out like a ransom. It means purchasing a slave's freedom. We were in bondage to sin and we were in bondage to Satan. But how many know that through the blood of Jesus Christ we have been redeemed? We have been made free through his precious holy blood. So very quickly. I'm going to read very quickly. To be redeemed is to be forgiven, to be holy, to be justified, to be free, to be adopted, and to be reconciled. Hallelujah. What God did for you is he gave you sonship, and he gave you citizenship. Hallelujah. You are no longer what your past says that you were. You are redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. You have passed from darkness into the kingdom of light, and you became a son or daughter of the Most High God. Very quickly. I want to share a quick testimony of one of the most amazing redemption stories. And it happened in my own family. My father struggled with alcoholism for years. It cost him his marriage. My mom and dad remarried after several years. Gave him another chance. And he still struggled with alcohol and that bondage. So someone invited him to Little Baptist Church. And they said, come on, Clifford, I believe that what you're seeking you will find in that little church. And the church was having a play called, I Dreamed, I Searched Heaven for You. And so what happened after that play was over, they gave an altar call to the sinner, to the lost. And so my dad got up from out of his seat and he went to that altar And he knelt down and he gave his heart to the Lord. And right there and right then, the Lord Jesus washed him and cleansed him in the blood of the Lamb. My dad got redeemed that day. Hallelujah. And the most amazing part of it, you know, God goes all the way. He does not halfway do anything. He goes all the way. And my dad had been struggling with alcoholism for years. But when he got up from that altar, a prayer, there was no more addiction because the blood of Jesus washed that addiction out of his system. Hallelujah! The power in the blood of the Lamb. And the Lord began to speak to me that there's someone that you're struggling with alcoholism. But if you'll just make the step of faith, God will wash you today. God will take Jesus. He walked into sonship that day. When my mother saw him, she immediately noticed a change in his life. And that made her want to receive what my daddy received at that altar of prayer. And they started going to church together. And they raised us kids in church And because of their example, I'm telling you what, my family is saved today. I still have some wayward uh, prodigal brothers, but I believe that God is bringing them in. So I'm here to tell you to give someone hope that you are not identified by your past. Your identity is found in Christ and Christ alone my dad was no longer identified as an alcoholic he was identified as the son of god a son of the most high god Some of you may be struggling with your past. Yes, you're saved. But you may be struggling with some of the residue of your past. And you can't seem to get past your past. But I'm here to tell you that the blood of Jesus has cleansed you. And the blood of Jesus has cleansed your past. You are no longer identified by what you were. But you are identified in Christ and Christ alone. Be redeemed today if you do not know Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. Today is the day of salvation.
2: Thank you, Vicki. That was amazing. I want to share something with you this morning that's been really just burning in my heart, and it's um, I am complete in Christ. Colossians 2, 8 through 10 says, don't let anyone capture you with empty philosophies and high-sounding nonsense that comes from human thinking or from spiritual powers of this world rather than from Christ. For in Christ lives all the fullness of God in a human body. So you also are complete through your union with Christ, who is head over every ruler and authority. Part of our understanding of salvation is to walk in this understanding of completeness. And failing to understand this is why I think so many of us sometimes struggle in our walk with God, because we fail to understand that we are complete in Him. And we are looking for something else And looking for God to do something else when he's already done everything. And so we feel like we're incomplete. We feel like there's something missing in our walk with God. Because our faith hasn't let us see yet that he completed everything. The Greek word here for complete actually means to be filled to capacity. So what the scripture is saying is that you're filled to capacity with Christ. That just as he was full of God in human form. He was completely God, so are you complete in Christ. Wow, amen. Three points I think we have to do to understand this completing or this feeling is we must understand what Christ did. This is found in Colossians as well in chapter 2, but he conquered living this life. No sin, no disease. Nothing could touch him. Nothing could tempt him to fail. He conquered life, so that you and I could conquer life. He conquered death, taking power and authority over death, hell, and the grave that could not keep him. But when he died, nothing could touch him. Nothing could stop him. Nothing could overcome him. He conquered death. Hallelujah. Lastly, he conquered death. All, being raised to power by God himself and given authority over all creation. Paul says, everything was reconciled back to the Father by Christ. So that he is Lord over all. So he has conquered all things. And all things are under his feet. Second point is, we must understand not only what Christ did, but who he is. And I think this is best said just a chapter before Paul lays it out in Colossians 1, 15 through 20. He says, Christ is the visible image of the invisible God. He existed before everything and was created and is supreme over all creation. For through him God created everything in heavenly realms and on earth. He made things that we can see and the things that we cannot see, such as thrones, kingdoms, rulers and authorities and unseen worlds. Everything was created through him and for him. He existed before anything else, and He holds all creation together. Christ is the head of the church, which is His body. He is the beginning, supreme over all who, raise, who rise from the dead. So He is first in everything. For God, in all His fullness, was pleased to live to live in Christ, and through Him, God reconciled everything to Himself, and He made peace with everything in heaven and on earth by means of Christ's blood on the cross. You can't say it any more than that. He is the all in all. He is the everything. And I think this is so hard sometimes for those of us like me who have grown up in church our whole lives and we tend to take things for granted of who he is and, and tend to take church for granted and take our Christian walk for granted, for granted and not understand what we have in Christ. He is the all in all. There is nothing besides him. That is why Paul can say that I can be content in all things in this life because only one thing matters, and that is Christ. Only one thing exists, and that is Christ. It's all in Him. Everything in heaven and on earth, the things that are seen, the things that are unseen, everything was completed in Christ. That is who lives inside of you. Third thing is we must understand who we are in Christ. All right, we find this in Colossians 2 and 3. You are complete Amen. because he completed you. Yes. Your old self died when he died. Uh-huh. Your new self was raised up when he was raised up. Right. You have been given all things. Peter says this, that all things were given, that, uh, given to us that pertain to life and to godliness there is nothing that we lack because god provided all through christ everything that we need is provided everything that pertains to life pertains to living in a godly life he provided everything for us nothing is hidden from us all mysteries revealed everything open to us access granted throne room open. If we understood who we are, there would be nothing that could stop what God is doing in us, what He's called us to. If we understand Christ, if we understand what He's done, and that same power that is in Him resides in you and I, there is nothing that we cannot do. Amen. Because the fullness and the completeness of Christ is inside of me. Amen. Why are we looking for something else? Why are we looking for something else to get us closer to God? Why are we living this life looking for more? It's all in Him. So what is left to do if Christ has completed everything? What is left to do since we are complete? What's left to do is to believe it. What's left to do is to walk in it. What's left to do is to walk in the power and authority that God has given us and to live the life that He's called you to live and to live as though Christ is inside of you because He is. Just right before I read that passage, actually verse 6, Paul says, Just as you are in Christ, so walk in Him. Just as you are, so walk in Him. You are complete. Walk in it. Stretch forth your hand. And pick up the lame man. Cast out demons. Demons. Pray for the sick and see them recovered. Preach the word. Be the witness of Christ because Christ is in us and we are complete.
3: Amen. Can you guys say, I am redeemed in Christ. I am am complete in Christ. Christ. And I'm going to preach, I am fearless in Christ. Oh, come on, some of you let that go real quick. Can you say, I am fearless in Christ? Can you look at your neighbor and say, you are fearless in Christ? Now say it to your other neighbor with a little attitude, I am fearless in Christ. Something rises up inside of me every time that I say it, and I am so excited that I wasn't first today. Miss Vicki took that. (laughs) So today I come to declare that I am fearless in Christ. This week I was studying the book of Joshua and I am repeatedly encouraged by the fact that God encouraged him time and time again, even in the first chapter, a couple times in the first chapter actually, to be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid nor be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. He encouraged him in verse 6, in verse 7, and in verse 9, all in that first chapter, which should give you some grace and should say, it's all right if you have to be reminded that you, that you need to be strong and that you need to be a man and woman of courage. The encouragement tells me that there will be times where you will feel like we cannot face our giants. And secondly, that there is a God who has our back. I don't know about you, but I'm glad for a God who does not just leave us with empty promises or empty words. But that when he says be strong and have good courage, he's like an avenger that's behind you all the time. He is somebody on your team that not only talks the talk, but will walk the walk alongside your valleys and your mountaintops. 2 Timothy declares over us that God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, of love, and of a sound mind. So what are the keys to walking in fearlessness? Simply put, obedience and a dedicated heart to God and his word. Joshua faced outrageous odds, and he faced a land which was promised to the children of Israel, yet had not Been conquered. Have you ever found yourself in a place where you can see the promise? but it's not yet been conquered. Do you have children that have not yet become what you know that they will become, but you stand as a mom or dad knowing what they are to be? I know I stood there this week. I went on vacation. That's why I'm a little brown. Is that all right? And I stood facing this slide. I know this is silly for some of you guys, but this slide was a 10-story drop. And the entire time I was about to go on vacation, I knew that there was a slide, and I worked it up in my mind because see I may be fearless and talking to strangers but there's something about a slide that kind of gets to me anybody else in the room or is it just me I thought it was a water slide and I'm like, I'm not going down that, I'm not going down that, there's no way, and then when we got there we found out that it was just a dry slide. And I was like, okay, maybe I can. And here I stood shaking as I was going on this ride, it was just me and Andy, there was no kids, and I said, I wanna do it, I wanna do it because I wanna be able to tell the kids that when I get home that I did it, that I conquered a fear. I saw the slide in front of me, I knew what I could do, but I had not yet conquered it. And even up on that top story, I looked down. It was the 16th floor, and I would end up on the 5th floor. I'm telling you, it was an 11-story drop. And I stood up there, and this lady behind me was like, I'm scared too. My my family says I'm a wuss. I'm like, mine too. And so I'm going to do it. And if I do it, you do it too, girly. And you know what? I got down on that slide and I was shaking. And I screamed the entire way down. And when I stood up at the end, I said, I did it! And everybody else was completely confused. But you know what? Even in the little things, God will give you courage. You might be in a season where you face and you see a promised land, but you have not yet conquered it. And that's where Joshua and the children of Israel found themselves in this book. They had to choose to obey the promise of God and rely on his word to be strong and very courageous. When you choose that, you will walk in fearlessness and it will bring about an atmosphere shift. As we can read in the book of Joshua, when they face their enemies, God would give them heavenly strategy you should read that book they were up against insurmountable odds enemies that could easily defeat them but because they sought god they sought his wisdom and they knew that he was on his side they were never defeated and they stepped on the feet of their enemy i wonder if there's some people in here that can praise god that you are fearless in him Woo! Even when they were up against the walls of Jericho, even when there was deception and dishonesty like the Gideons, because they obeyed the Lord and kept his word close, they defeated them. As they conquered land after land, they bravely would shift the atmosphere. And that is the amazing thing about being strong, brave, and of good courage. It's not about us. It magnifies the one true king and provider of true fearlessness. Because they had other towns who worshipped other idols. But they realized that the God of Israel was a God that would back up their enemies even when it didn't make sense. I am glad that I have a God who makes victory out of things that don't make any sense. Woo! It becomes very apparent to the nations around them that God is a different kind of God. So today, I've come to declare to be strong and be very courageous because God stands with you today. And I felt a stirring in my heart to remind those of you that are in here that might have been in this battle for a long time. Just like Caleb came back to Joshua in chapter 14 and he said, listen, when I was very young, I went and spied out the land and I stood on the word and I was fearless and I have a promise to redeem today. And he said, Joshua, would you at age 85 give me the inheritance? And you know what? That's what the Lord promises you today. That as you stand fearlessly before him, not only will he give you rest after a battle, but he will give you inheritance. I am glad for a God that does not leave me empty of the promises. It says in his word in chapter 21 that the Lord gave Israel all the land which we had sworn to give and not a word failed of any good thing which the Lord had spoken to the house, you are fearless in Christ. And he will give you rest and inheritance to you. Just swing your sword and declare, I am fearless in Christ today.
0: Come on, that's a great patty cake, but you're fearless today. Can we give the Lord a hand clap of praise? And thank him that we're fearless in him. Can you thank him that you're redeemed today? If nothing else, we're redeemed in Christ today. We're complete in him today. I'm thankful for Jesus because in him, I find my being in him. So I'm going to give him praise today. Sorry, this children's pastor don't get to yell like that a lot unless I'm yelling at a kid. So I'm going to just get it out this morning. Oh, Lord, forgive me. Look at your neighbor and say, Neighbor, you are redeemed in Christ. Look at your other neighbor and say, You're complete in Christ. Turn around and look at somebody you've been ignoring all day and tell them, You're fearless in Christ. And my topic is, You are more than able in Christ. Can you say, I'm more than able? I'm more than able. John 14, 12 tells us, and these uh, words are in red, which tells me that came from the mouth of Jesus. And he says, I tell you the truth, anyone who has faith in me will do what I have been doing. He will do even greater things. Everybody say, even greater things. Even greater things than these because I am going to the Father. So if Jesus said, you will do even greater things Can I ask you a question? Is your life a picture of the greater things of God? Does your family show the greater things of God? I believe we're seeing the greater things of God here in our church, but I want to see those even greater things in my own life as I walk throughout my home and through my community. And I think we can find a tension here in the book of 1 Samuel chapter 14 where we see people struggling to walk out in these greater things and be confident that they are more than able to do what God has called them to do. Because a lot of times you and I struggle with irrational fear that holds us back from doing. What God has called us to do. And in 1 Samuel chapter 14, we find the Israelite army of about 600 people with King Saul sitting and hiding in mountains they were meant to conquer. And they're hiding there from a Philistine army of about 33,000 men. And they don't know what to do. And they are trapped by fear. And fear wants to hold us down and pause us and keep us from conquering what we're meant to conquer. But one day, Jonathan looks at his armor bearer and says, Let's go over to that Philistine army. And so the armor bearer has no armor of his own. He has no sword to fight with, but he trusts Jonathan. He says, If I've got his armor, that's all I need. And you and I have an armor that's not our own as well. But the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords has given us his armor to walk in every day, and in him I am more than able to do what I was called to do. So they left the army of 600 people. They were prepared to walk away from safety and security to go conquer what God had told them to conquer, and you and I have to be willing to take a step and not sit back. King Saul should have been the one leading them in this charge, but he is sitting back Fearful. And so many of God's people are sitting back waiting for the whole plan to unfold before they'll take a step. But He didn't call us to wait for the whole plan. He says, Walk by faith and not by sight. And so if I am more than able in Him, I don't have to know the whole plan. I'll just walk and follow Him wherever He leads me. And so the armor bearer follows John. The good Lord, that clock is moving. And so He follows Jonathan out to fight the Philistine army and they get over there and I know the armor bearer is walking thinking Jonathan has one great plan. He is one smart guy. I cannot wait to see what happens when we get over there. And so he is anxious to hear the plan and he Jonathan looks at him and says, "Perhaps the Lord will be with us today." I don't know about you, but in that moment, I would want to hear a little bit more than a perhaps that we were going to make it out of this because the 600-men army had no clue. They had even left. They are out there on their own. It's just them. And that big philistine army but jonathan knew he was more than able because god was with him and sometimes you and i don't have it all figured out but all we need is a perhaps because perhaps if the same god that saved me perhaps if the same god that saved miss vicky's dad perhaps the same god can save your family member if you'll just trust in him Perhaps if the same God that healed my mom of a brain tumor miraculously, perhaps if the same God that resurrected my two twin boys that doctors said wouldn't live, perhaps if the same God that healed my dad of a heart attack that they said he shouldn't have survived, perhaps the same God will heal you if you'll just trust in him. I don't need a whole plan. I don't need to know what's going to happen tomorrow. Perhaps if I just walk and trust God today, He's going to lead me to greener pastures. I am more than able in Christ Jesus, and I'm going to trust in Him. Somebody say, Amen. I am more than able in Christ. My boys will do anything if I tell them, hey, let's go do this. It may be the craziest thing ever, but they'll go do it. My neighbor found a corn snake in his house the other day. I said, oh dear Lord, the devil is a liar. (sighs) I don't like snakes, but I saw my neighbor wrestling that snake and I thought, well, that looks pretty fun. And so uh, I said, Will, come on, let's go see this thing. He'd never been around a snake before. He's like, yeah, let's go. Let's go. Yes. You know what? You and I need to be like that with God, our Heavenly Father. If he says, hey, let's get up and go today, just perhaps he's going to do something great in our midst. All we have to do is trust in him. I would not be standing here today if I had not walked out on a perhaps. I remember the day I had to make a choice. Am I going to stay in comfort or am I going to walk in faith and trust God? And I had to go sit before my dad and say, Dad, The plan's not going like I thought it would. I'm going to have to change course here in the middle of my college, and I'm going to have to follow God. It made no sense whatsoever. He was mortified by it. He's like, son, you're going to go in so much debt. This is not going to work out, but I would not be standing in this spot if I had not trusted him. And all along the way, I've seen that God didn't just send me out there. He was walking with me every step of the way. So the armor-bearer looks at Jonathan and he says, do all you have in mind. I am with you heart and soul. He didn't need a plan that day. He trusted Jonathan. He knew Jonathan walked with God, and if Jonathan said, let's go, he was going to go with that. And You and I need to come into agreement with God today and say, God, I may not know your plans, your ways are not my ways, your thoughts are not my thoughts, but today I stand here and say, do all you have in mind. I am with you, heart and soul. Some of you have been sitting around waiting on God to do something in your life when he is waiting on you to come to where he is. So take a step and say, God, here I am. Do all you have in mind. I am with you, heart and soul. And your worship and your walk of faith is going to bust open the floodgates of heaven. And you're going to see God do great and mighty things in your midst. Somebody shout, I am more than able.
4: So, I'm redeemed, I'm complete, I'm fearless, I'm more than able. But I am also more than a conqueror. And that, of of course, is is in Christ Jesus. So, my my scripture today is Romans 8, 37. "Nay, Nay, in these things we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. Verse 38. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love, from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Huh. I'm, a, I'm more than a conqueror. What is a conqueror, you may ask? A conqueror, a conqueror is one that overcomes. A conqueror is one that not only overcomes, but one that, that overtakes. That, that, as I looked at this thing, I said, what is the conqueror? And, I, and, I, and he said, go back to the law of first image. And I said, okay, which is Genesis. Genesis 1.26 says, for I create, I, you were created in my image after my likeness. I said, okay, God, what does that have to do with anything? God says, in my likeness. I said, okay, that's like you. God says, no, that is me. I said, okay, explain a little bit more. He says, that is me because you and you, your, your body, which is a housing, embody my character and you display my character. So anything that you come up against, you should be able to overtake that. Why? Because I overcame, he said, I overcame death. I overcame sickness. I overcame the grave. I overcame all of that. So what is there that you can't overcome if, if my power resides in your body? Doxa. The word doxa means glory. So if you go back to verse eight, Romans eight, and let's 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 do let me, let me give you a brief rundown. What happened is Paul was encouraging the church to 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 not take on not, not to to not take on false doctrine. But to be more but to be more fulfilled in Christ, to, to, to grow in Christ, to understand what God was telling them, to understand the teachings, because in that time it was the Roman Empire. They were functioning in the in the times of the, of the Roman Empire, and there was a lot of religion in that time. So Paul was saying, okay, now that we have this aspect or this foundation established, he says, Okay, now let's go back and get educated. What's going on here? So now he begins to lay a foundation and to say, okay. Now that the, everything looks bad in this area, he says, okay, but what's the one thing that makes you a conqueror? Let me tell you what that one thing is. That one thing is hope, such as, such as all of these ministers on this pulpit has, to, pulpit has told you. See, the thing of it is, is when you get saved, it, the, the thing that deems your salvation is hope. It's not right. It's faith. But, it, but you have to encompass hope to even receive salvation. Your mentality have to be changed upon hope. Why? Because hope is a reality. How do I know that? Because in Hebrews 11, it talks about how Abraham was deemed deemed righteous. Why? Because of hope. Because of his hope, because of the reality that he possessed. That wasn't his home. But when he possessed the reality of understanding that heaven was his home, then that's when God had deemed him righteous. So I come to encourage you today and just let you know It's hope in spite of everything that's going on around us. It's hope in spite of all the suicide and calamity that's going on around us. It's hope that's going to keep you. It's hope that's going to sustain you. It's hope that's going to bring your family to Christ. It's hope that's going to bring you through the tough times. It's hope. Faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not yet seen. What is that? That's hope. So when things aren't going according to the way that you want them to go, it's hope. So we go to Romans chapter 8, verse 24. Here it is. For we are saved by hope, but hope that is, that is seen is not hope. For what, is, for what a man seeth, why doth, yet hope, why doth he yet hope for it? If you can see it, why will you hope for it? If you can see it, is it a reality? And more importantly, if you can see it, will you be, will you be dependent on him? But if, but if we hope... For that we see not, then do we with patience wait for it? So if we can't see it, will we, will we wait for it? Let's go on. Helpeth our affirmities, for we know not what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit itself maketh intercession. So it's not us that in these in, in these desperate times, Paul, Paul tells us, he says, don't give up hope. Why? Because it's 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 only in time and perseverance that we that we gain a stronger sense of hope. And hope launches us into another reality to be able to see things. Oh God. He says, see these things not as though they he says not not as though they are, but as though they will be. I'm paraphrasing to you. But we have to, it's not, it's not until you tap into another reality that you begin to see things differently. Amen. Philippians 2.5, perfect example. Let this mind be in you that is also in Christ Jesus. Why do I have to change my mentality? Because if I don't change my mentality, then I, be, I become discouraged by the reality that I'm living in instead of, instead of tapping into the reality of heaven. Amen. So let this mind be in you that is also in Christ Jesus. I learned something new. When you go back to when you go back to Genesis one, verse twenty-six, and this is this is based upon this. So my key scripture is chapter eight, verse thirty-seven, and it's and, it, and it's more than conquerors. But this is how you are. This is why you are more than a conqueror. You are more, more than a conqueror because that's what Christ housed. That's what He encompassed. So when He made you initially, He made you and wired you for hope. And when he made you and wired you for hope, then any, re- and then any reality, any temporal reality that you face, you now can get through it. Why? Because he deemed you a long time ago when he first made you. So as I leave you, I want you to know that you are more than conquerors in Christ Jesus. Why? Because you encompass, he overcame everything that you're going to go through. And you encompass everything that, that the world says that you can't overcome. I love you.
5: Look at your neighbor and say, I'm found in him. Look at your second choice and say, you're found in him. And then apologize for making him your second choice. I'm going to read this passage of scripture. It's Matthew 16, verse 13. It's a very familiar passage, and it says this. When Jesus entered into the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked them, Who do men say that I am? They said, some say you're John the Baptist. Some say you're Elijah. Some say you're Jeremiah. Some say you're a prophet of old. And he asked them a question, but who do you? Who do you say that I am? Who do you say that I am? And Peter, being the one that always gets to speak up, answered, you are the Christ the Son of the living God. Blessed are you, Simon bar for flesh and blood has not revealed this unto you, but my Father who is in heaven. And I also say to you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. You can't be on social media longer than five minutes without seeing an advertisement of something that's going to make your life better. You can't watch one TV program and not see all of this All of this information, all of this marketing that's going to say this is who you're supposed to be. You're supposed to be skinny. No, you're supposed to be plus. No, you're supposed to be this. No, you're supposed to be that. You're supposed to be an athlete. You're supposed to be a businessman. You're supposed to be, you're supposed to be, you're supposed to be. And in a world that is trying to tell you who you are, I have a question for you. Who are you? Because we have a world today who is longing to know who I am. Some of you right now are hearing this very, very simple thing and you're aching on the inside because you yourself want to know, why was I created? Why is there breath in my lungs? What purpose do I have? Does Does anyone even know who I am? And you have to understand this today. That when we know who he is, he can tell us who we are. When we understand who he is, we know who we are. So I'm just going to pull this one on you today. Who are you? Who do you say Jesus is. Because some of you might say he's the, he's the man that my pastor yells about on Sunday morning. He's the man my mama reads to me about at nighttime. He's the, he's the man that, that, that Tobin twirls for. He's the song that we're singing. And you can tell me all about him, but I want to know, do you know him? You might know of him, but do you know him? Because you cannot figure out who you are if you don't know who he is. And for so long, we have settled with knowing about him and never giving an ounce of intimacy of getting to know him. And you're sitting here and you're allowing a world to dictate and tell you who you are and you are no more satisfied with your Nikes on today than you were the day you bought them and your nice new mortgage you thought would give you your purpose and now you're just saying I got to work harder to pay it off and you keep trying to identify yourself with stuff and you continue to try to identify yourself with what your mom and your dad did and you're sitting here today I just want to know who I am and so some of you here might be saying well how do I get to know who he is. I love it when the, when the, when the passage gives us the prescription. I asked the question, I spent three hours yesterday on two words, Caesarea Philippi. Why they, Have you ever read the verse and said, out of all the places Jesus has been, like I would have like set the demoniac free and been like, do you know who I am now? <laughs> do you see this? No, it says that when he entered into the region, he then asked the question. But I want you to see something a little bit further down the road. In Matthew chapter 3, when they're in the Jordan River and all those who were there saw Jesus go under the water and come back out of the water and a dove came and rested on him and the heavens opened and a voice boomed through the through the sky said, and this is my son who I am well pleased with. That we have a glimpse of identity in the river Jordan who this man is. But it It's so funny that in the passage, Caesarea Philippi is the origins of where the Jordan flows from. And behind it is Mount Hemron. It's, It's the tallest point in all of Israel. And he says, if you just recognize the river, you can find me. And far too long you have sat by watching people know him in a river that runs through your house, in a river that runs through this house that you just watch it flow by. But if you want to really know who he is, I challenge you to get in the river with him today. Stop settling for somebody else to get in the river and say, I'm going to know him for myself. Yeah. Do you want to know him? Get in the river. They say the, the greatest two days of your life is the day you were born and the day you figure out why. I think it's the day that you were born again. Amen. And we figure out why. Peter, you're no more Simon Barjona. You are now Peter. And upon this rock I build my church. Do you know that Peter means rock? Petro, Petros? And the rock that he talked about is Petra in the Greek. He says, upon you, Peter, because you know who I am, you are Peter the rock. And upon this rock I will build my church. There's so many people think upon Peter he builds the church, but I believe he was pointing up at the mount Because what you and I need to understand is that below that place there is a cave and there is a pool that is called the gates of hell. And it says they could not even find the bottom of it. And at this place there was a sanctuary and a shrine. For all of these gods, the god of Pan, who was supposed to be the god of the forest and the shepherds, the god of Zeus, the god above every other god, There was sacrifices, there was idol worship. In 1 Kings, your Bible says the idol worship was introduced to the people of Israel at this very place. And so he says, upon this rock, Peter, I'm going to build my church. The highest point above idol worship, above the gates of hell. Above, he is above your problem. He is above your situation. He is above the enemy. And I love it how he says, and you're Peter. He gave him a new name. I'm so thankful he didn't say Simon the fisherman. No, no, no. He said Peter the fisher of men. When you find him, you find out who you really are. You might have been called an alcoholic all your life. You may have been called an adulterer all your life. You may have been called all these names, not good enough, lacking, small, short, big, tall. Everybody's trying to tell you who you are. And in one moment, when he recognized who Jesus was, he says, Let, lean in, Peter. Lean in, RTTN. Who do you say he is? And who are you? Who are you? For far too long, we have allowed other people and other things to tell us who we are. But you want to know who you are today? Stand to your feet. You want to know who you are today? You're redeemed. You want to know who you are today? You're complete. You want to know who you are today? You're fearless. You are more than able. You are more than a conqueror. That in Christ Jesus, we can be who he's called us to be. I love it that not only does he give him identity, he gives him authority. You are not a product of your circumstances. You are more than a conqueror today in Christ Jesus you can be fearless today in Christ Jesus. And I would just wonder, how many of us in this room say I need to be in Him? Maybe you need to be a conqueror, maybe you need to be redeemed, maybe you need to be found. And for whatever, for whatever reason you are here today, he wants you to know that in him, he possesses all the things you need to make it. So if I could ask the prayer team and the pastors to come down, if that's you today and you're saying, Pastor Josh, I need what everyone said today. I need that in Christ. I need that today. need that today. You're so, you're so discouraged. You're so overwhelmed and you don't know how you're going to make it. You say, I need to be a conqueror today. I want you to come. Come on. You're here in this room and you feel like there's no hope for you. You feel like everybody else has He gets the opportunity, and you just feel like you continue to be looked over, and you're saying, I need this moment today for my life. I need to know that he knows me. If that's you, I want you to come right now. If anything that you heard today resonated inside of your soul, I invite you to come today. Come to the river and find out who he is so he can tell you who you are. Last time we just got lost in the love of the Father? When was the last time we allowed Him to tell us who we are? When was the last time you locked into the very eyes of love and watched Him wash away all your pain? I declare today that this is your day. You are not going under. Just when the enemy thought he got you, he was wrong. Come on, let's worship the Lord. We love you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. This is the moment you've been waiting for all your life. You may have walked in this room. You don't even know why you came to church. It's because he longs for you To know him and he longs to tell you who you are if you need healing today come if you need hope today come if you need to be more than a conqueror today come come don't stand on the banks of the river and watch everybody else get what they're longing for come we are redemption to the nation just like just like Vicki preached earlier redeemed that you may be lost and you may be wandering and you may be wandering but today you can be redeemed Come. If you could just extend your hands and just pray for those who are down here today. And if you need prayer in any form today, come down please and join us. Holy Spirit, just tug on my heart to go back to something that Pastor Vicki said and Pastor Wamari said. One, if there's any vice in your life, it doesn't have to be something major. It could just be anger or it could be sadness or depression. Sometimes we always think that a vice can be all of the, 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 the top tens, right? But sometimes it is just when you struggle finding joy and you're in that pattern where you need to have a redeemed mind. And if that's you today, we just want to linger in this moment and say there's going to be a a, a whole entire moment for redemption. And the other thing that the Holy Spirit just, I mean, I'm telling you, quicken my spirit was about fear. Somebody right now is in the middle of a storm, and you know he's told you you're going to the other side. But just like the men in the boat, the disciples who walked with Jesus, they were surrounded and engulfed in fear. And the storm that was around them started to become the storm that was in you. And if you're here today and you've been struggling with fear over something that God has called you to do, or it might be just a fear that you're going to lose it, a fear that you're not going to make it, a fear that you're going under, I want you to come. I want you to come.
6: Just yeah. ask.
7: Can we just give God a hand, clap of praise? Just a sweet presence. Can we give God a hand, clap of praise for the ministers he used? Every minister communicated, talking about identity. Identity is knowing who you are. But identity can also be found in knowing who you are not. And you're not your past. You're not last year. You're not your mistakes. You're not what daddy did and what mama didn't do. You're not your community nor your zip code. Your identity is found in Christ alone. Let's pray. Father God, we bless your holy name. Lord, we bless your holy name that our identity is found in you, Jesus. That we are defined by you, God, created in your image, Father God. Lord, I thank you for the the ministers. I thank you for their gift, Father God. Lord, I thank you for our pastors, Bishop Kevin and Devin Wallace, Father God. I thank you for this church, Father God. I thank you for the volunteers. I thank you for the pastors and the leadership, Father God. I thank you for the prayers, Father God. I thank you for the gifts, Father God, the giving. Lord, allow our worship to be a sweet aroma in your presence allow our identity Father God to be in you give us a new heart God a new vision a fresh fire and a double portion of your anointing hallelujah Lord, I am who I am. Because I am said I am. Hallelujah. 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 Come on, let's just begin to praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. My good friend Nate, we used to say it all the time. Say it with me, church. I am. Who I am, because I am said I am. Come on, somebody give God a hand clap of praise.